All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com, a.k.a. America's Sportsbook. Go check out the link in the episode description. Deposit $50 on the site. Help us out over here on Dudes Talking Sports. Bet responsibly. Tanner, great to be here with you. How you doing, man? I'm good. It's just the best time of the year. Got that crisp autumn air, football on the TV. Can't be beat. Basketball is about to be on the TV as well. Best of both worlds for us. You can't beat the weather. It's cooling off exactly. But there's a lot for us to look at as far as week five in the NFL. We got some takeaways. The Raiders... They lost again. Okay, we've been pretty high on this team. They lost again. They are now one and four. We got to discuss if we're buying or selling our Raiders stock. Are they still a playoff team? Uh, the NFC East, are they no longer the NFC least? Okay, I want to break that down as well. It's kind of how we're framing it this week. The Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, five and oh, four and one, four and one. Surprising record wise, though, that's the best division in football right now. We got to break down what's going on in the NFC East if we're buying that as well. And then the Jets, more buying, selling. That's kind of the trend of today's show. You know, stock, stock, stocks. Jets, they're three and two. The Jets are three and two. Is this a playoff team? Is this team legitimate? We got to break it down uh, as far as the Jets go. I see Tanner shaking his head already. Don't spoil it, Tanner, for the fan. Don't spoil it for the people back at home. And then second half of the show. Also, though, Broncos, Seattle. Almost, you know, I want want to mention this. Uh, Quite the trade that went down between those two teams this offseason. We want to update how that trade's looking at this point in time. Second half of the show, though, Tanner. Some fun stuff going on. Yeah, we're continuing our picks of the week session. Me and Casey both coming off kind of mediocre weeks. So yep. we're taking over and under a favorite and an underdog. And then sure. wrap up with talking about what we think the best game this week is. Mm-hmm. And then to end the show, basketball season right around the corner. Week we're away, gonna, brother. Yep. We're going to break down who are our top 10 teams heading into this season. It's tough. You know, we had some moves in the offseason. Let's see who makes the cut. Let's see if your favorite team in the NBA makes our preseason top 10. Super excited for that. But, yes, Tanner's losing streak came to a close. The Bucks came back and had a nice bounce back win. My team's winning streak is continuous. They have now won four straight games. Four and one are the Dallas Since Cowboys. Since losing to the Bucks. Since losing to Tanner's. He's got to throw that jab in there. Since losing to Tanner's. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you are now, what, three and two on the season, and we are four and one. We'll see. Yeah, we're higher in the standings at this point in time. We play the Steelers. Y'all play the Eagles. It's going to be tough. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun week of football. Uh, We'll get to that during the second half of the show. Second half of the second half of the show for more on this upcoming week. But let's start on Monday night. The Raiders... Tanner, they just can't put together a solid 60-minute football game. Like We have seen flashes and flashes of this team. In, in five weeks, we've seen a flash pretty much almost every week, I feel like. It's like, wow, that's what this team is, is, is capable of doing. But with the loss, they're one and four. Um, but like I said, you know, we've seen flashes from this team, good and bad so far. So, you know, like I said, against, against the Chiefs, you saw that 60-yard multiple, but that one 60-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. He had three catches for 124 yards and two tutties. 
Uh, what's his name? Josh Jacobs had a career night. Like you see, the numbers are there. Like they're putting up numbers. But Max Crosby had two sacks. Max Crosby, I have him in fantasy. He won me my fantasy this week. Okay, so thank you. I'm four and one in that league. Thank you, Max Crosby, for that. Thank you for reminding me. But from what you've seen so far, and we we've been high on this team. Are they still a playoff team? You think right now? They're it's really tough. tough. We're five weeks they're in really too, tough. so like, yeah, we're. We're chunk in. We're chunk. We're in now. Yeah, we're we're a little over a fourth of the way through the season. Yeah, they dug themselves such a hole. One in but, four. But their next six games are so winnable. So. Toughest toughest game out of their next six games is the Broncos, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, who might be terrible. So they could they could win these next six games, be sitting at seven and four, and. People asking, remember when we doubted the Raiders? Yeah, all of their losses, though, lost one by one point, or what? Yeah, one point. One to six points have been every single loss. One to six. One score. One Kansas score City. games. One score games every single time. They are hanging in. And who have they played? The Chargers, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Chiefs. Every single one of those teams can find themselves playing in January. Exactly, right? So I don't think. We should beat them up, you know, for all these losses exactly. Um, next up, you said it. Their next game's Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Colts, Broncos. Those are super winnable Seahawks. games. Seahawks. You know, we're seeing we're talking about both those teams coming up here soon, but like like those are winnable games for this like for this team on paper. I'm saying those are six. Those should be six, seven wins on paper. Those should be six or seven wins. So even even from what we've seen so far, so these next games, in my opinion, I think you agree, it's going to tell us what this team's about, who this team really is. They should beat these teams, and if we see them go three and three, it's like man, you guys, you know, they should have a winning four and two is the very least I'll accept in these next six games. Four and two is the only way I'm continuing to buy into this team. You know, if we see more than two losses in this next six game, I don't even want to see two. I don't even want to see two losses. But two you really afford it. You maximum, be, two's the maximum. You got to go five and one or six and zero. Oh, I feel like through these games in order to make the playoffs. Because if you don't, you're still sitting below five hundred with tougher games coming oh, up. It's so tough, exactly. So six and zero oh is ideal. Obviously, who doesn't want to win their next six games? But it's it's very winnable, and this team has enough firepower to get it done. I think I think we're going to see at least a four game win streak, not about six, but I I think we could see a four game win streak coming up here soon. Coming off a bye as well, they have time to look at what they've done. We have been so close in every single game. What is the turning point in these games? What have we done wrong? Some people turn to, hey, you shouldn't have gone for two on the goal line. You know, you you shouldn't have gone for two. Tie, Tie up the game. That was a terrible decision. Yeah, I'm tying up the game. I'm tying up the game because what's the point of going up one? You've been letting them in the red zone all night long. They're going to get three more likely. But at the end of the day, they did. If they would have scored that, Tanner, if they would have gotten the one, they would have won the game because they went down and stopped the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to run a completely different offense, though, if they're tied. You're right. If they're off the one. You're right. The Chiefs are going to be thrown vertically down the field. They didn't stop that the entire. No, you're exactly right. So that's that's also why it's like, what's the point of going for one or going up one if more than likely they're going to be able to at least get three, you know, so might as well tie the game up. So so if you guys do, you know, have a chance, you know, 
it's it's a it's a level playing field. You have a better chance of coming back in this game. And at the end of the day, if nothing happens, you're going to overtime. Going overtime. You know, you have a chance to go in there and win it in another quarter to, to play. So I didn't love it. And I also didn't love the Chiefs' decision to go for two, to go up nine, when if they hit the extra point, they go up eight. And it's like you're then forcing them to go for two when they score, and you you know what's coming. It is, it's a lot harder to go for two and get it when you absolutely have to get it. You know that. That happened to the Bucks not that long ago. You guys said, uh, what, what was one of your losses? And you had to go for two. Exactly. You could go for two and tie it up, and you didn't get it because, you know, they knew they have to go for two. It's harder. And – I, I know I I would have loved to see a couple of field goals get kicked there. I want to see a couple of field goals get. Kicked. I don't know if, if it's if it's a def, different result. I think the Chiefs probably still end up winning this game, but I didn't I like the decision making either. Though I didn't like that either. I agree. Chiefs still on the other end. They're really good. Patrick Mahomes is really good. Travis Kelsey's really good. And uh, this team, I'm so- as if my hatred wasn't deepened for Travis Kelsey already. I lost by .08 in fantasy. I had Patrick Mahomes. He had tra- uh, Travis Kelsey. I was up by like three, and just all four of Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns went so to – it was helping you but hurting you at the same time. Yeah, and I ended up losing by .08. Yeah, that's a rough one, man. That's that's a fun one. But he went off four touchdowns, and it's like you know where the ball's going. 25 yards. 25 yards, seven catches, four touchdowns. What? What end zone threat. They could not stop him down there, and uh, the Chiefs scrape by and get the win. Good for Kansas City, man. And like I said, we both talked to us off the mic. They were down 17-0. Never once did I have a doubt that that was going to be a three-point game at one point. That game is going to be close, and this game is going to come down to it. No other team in the league has that kind of confidence. You know, I have that kind of confidence in. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. But moving on, talking about the NFC East, I will no longer accept NFC, NFC Beast. East. Beast, yes. There we go. It's it. I love it. The NFC Beast, that's exactly what we're going to call it until, you know, stuff changes in that division. If we continue to see wins and wins stack up, it's the NFC Beast. Thank you very much there. We're going to coin that. Eagles are 5-0. and Cowboys 4-1. and Giants 4-1. and Philly remains. We'll start with Philly. They're undefeated. Wait, there's a team. Oh, there is? There's a fourth team in that division. I thought they were the only team in the league with only three teams. Well, they used to have a oh, right. The team. team with no name. They got it. Yeah, right. They're the yeah commanders, right? The one in four. Yeah, this, Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. That team. I forgot they're around. Oh yeah, we just beat them. I forgot about that. That's an easy win right there. Twenty-five to ten. I think that score was. Either way, let's start with the, the you know. The, the top dog kind of in the NFL, the only unde- unbeaten team, 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. And this isn't, you know, say what you want, You can if, even if you're not super high. This team's pretty legitimate. This is a pretty legit team. You're looking at their team, the offensive line, the quarterback, the run game, the pass game, the defense, pass, everything. Everything kind of stacks up for this team overall. No matter how, what you feel, as a Cowboy fan, I, I, it pains me to say you got to admit it with this team. They're, they're well put they're together. Great. Yeah, they're put together. They just beat Arizona 20 to 17. I cannot wait though to see Dallas's pass rush against that offensive line. Arguably a top, you know, without a doubt, a top pass rush, arguably the best pass rush in, in the NFL against arguably the best offensive line in the NFL at times, right? So I, I'm excited to see you know, something's probably got to give there, right? Something's probably got to give. So and I'm an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. <laughs> exactly. So I am 
Very excited to see this matchup. I'm giving Philadelphia, since they have their starting quarterback, they obviously get the edge in this game since they, again, don't have a backup in this game, even though it is super-duper Cooper, you know, playing under center. Uh, I, I I still got to give them the line or the, the edge on this, but Dallas has 20 sacks in five games, second in the NFL. I think the Eagles are like fourth or fifth in sacks, so they can also get after it. So also, let's see. Let's see how Cooper Rush does un- under all that pressure. But from an outsider, from a guy who isn't constantly watching the NFC East, like, like I am, I'm always watching on what Philly and what the Giants are doing. You're watching it anyway. But is this legitimate? Like the Eagles, they're 5-0. and Are you buying this? The Giants, they're 4-1. Dallas is 4-1. We're both pretty you know, high on Dallas. I mean, we don't necessarily have to talk about them all that much. But Philly, 5-0, and are they the best team in football? That's a difficult question because this Philly team is this Philly team is really good. When you they're watch good everywhere, you know, when you watch the Eagles, you're like, where is their weak point? Exactly. But to ask me if I think they're the best team in football, I don't think they are. I think there's four or five teams, probably maybe four teams that I would take in the NFL any given Sunday over the Eagles. Probably, like I would say played, three for me. I would played, say maybe three. They play 10 times. I'd probably take this team over them. But mm-hmm. the Eagles can obviously beat anybody. They're super talented. I think they have a chance to represent the NFC East in the Super Bowl. I'm not picking them. No, I neither. Think they have a chance. No, so, I don't think there's that so the big, big a gap, though. Go ahead, though. So it depends Go ahead. what your expectations are for the Eagles. Are the Eagles overrated or underrated? I kind of feel like they got to be one or the other. Um, I don't want to say overrated. They're a little bit of both. I, I know. I think a little bit of both, but I don't think there's also that big a gap between Philadelphia and Dallas when they're 100 percent. From what we've seen from Dallas's defense, and if Dak Prescott, I still think Dak is the best quarterback in that division. We've seen a nice start from Jalen Hurts. I'm still riding the Dak train right now until until he proves otherwise. Okay, and so I think they have the better quarterback, the better. I don't know about the better defense, but they have just as good of a defense. And then they have the better offensive. So it's very close. You know, you're kind of going, they're better here. They're better we here. Better coach. I think coaching is up in the air right now. It's early with Nick Sirianni, but so far he's proven to be a competent coach. And they made the playoffs last year. They're 5-0 and this year. But put some respect on Big Mike's name, all right? Put, give Mike McCarthy a little bit of respect. They have a winning record without Dak Prescott. And the time he's been there, without Dak, they have a winning record. So, you want to give him the Maybe benefit that means Dak's not that important. of the benefit of the doubt. And I wouldn't say that, but I would say that, you know, he's done a nice job and you got to give him some credit. And, you know, I think they've looked a little bit better this year. I do. I don't think Mike McCarthy is an elite head coach, but I would say so far this year, I have liked what I've seen. I haven't been just utterly, you know, upset by watching their game playing 24 seven or their clock management 24 seven. Right. So, Give credit where credit's due. I see slight improvements. I do. And then with the Giants, this is the surprise team of the year. Yeah, no 100%. One, no one really saw the Giants. 100%. Now, if you're going to ask me if I think the Giants are going to be. Are they making the playoffs? or 4-1. and one. Can they see make the playoffs? I think it's possible they make the playoffs. I definitely, think it's, it out. I definitely think it's possible. I'm not picking them to make the playoffs still. Thank you, though. If he can I keep this up. It, yeah, I mean, if Saquon stays healthy and Daniel Jones plays like he did on Sunday for the rest of the year, drive. 
He has three game winning drives this three. year. Most in the NFL, I think. I think that's the most. So Danny Dimes. And their defense has played different. Brian Dable has them playing the right style of football. Right. Crazy. I think, I think maybe crazy. you could eke yourself into a seven seed in the NFC. It's the NFC. Which would, which would be an incredible season for the Giants. Oh my gosh. Like, we, we playoff teams the in the NFC East. We're then, the Giants to what win three games in the offseason? Three, I think four. Probably one more games than we picked them. Yeah, probably. Or like so, the amount that we picked, they've they're there. Yeah, they're there right now. Yeah, they are. So, this Giants team has done nothing but impress me. But if I think this Giants team is any sort of real contender in the NFC, just because no. they beat Packers in London, no, I have to say no. Neutral site, and I don't buy the Packers one bit. You know that, so. I, I don't know though. Is it more about it's also in London? It's also it's, a a, it's in London. It's a weird. It's at nine a.m. for them. Like, that's a weird game to play. They're not used to playing like that. That's so weird. And in a stadium they probably never played in. It's just it's a weird environment, a weird time. Packers had never played there in general. They're yeah, the last team in the NFL. There you go. go. There you and go. So, so it, the Packers were the last team to go to London to play a game, and it was also the first time we had had a London game where both teams were over five hundred. Oh, I did see that. So for once, the fans in London actually saw a game between two teams that weren't terrible, <laughs> basically, or one bad team against a really good team just getting, you know, usually, usually, like I said, usually those games are decently close, but it's nice to see two good teams go head to head. And finally, that's kind of what happened. But for me, I just didn't know if this was more about the Packers or more about the Giants. I'm 50-50. I think the Packers are not contenders. I thought that was uh, kind of confirmed. Like the Packers, this team is not, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're a contending team in the NFC. And then from the Giants' side, I think the Giants are improving. They are improving. I think it's a 50-50 game for both. I'm not saying it's all the Giants here. I'm not saying it's all Green Bay is terrible, and that's why the Giants won. I'm taking some from both sides. They're improving, and the Packers aren't that great a team. So it's like. Shout out to Saquon Barkley, though. He's been so fun to watch. Uh, he's making me uh, eat my words, bro. Last year I had him in fantasy, and he did. He was hurt all year. He was hurt all year. So I was but he's coming awesome in, coming into this season. I, you know, had my had my doubts. Didn't take him, and he's been running back one. He's been the best in the league so far. And props to him, dude. Everything he's been through to come back like this. That comeback player of the year. Right, comeback player of the year, I think, because he's been yeah, terrible. Probably, yeah, he's been terrible. Past guy, terrible. He's been hurt. He hasn't been on the field, so it's like, yeah, probably right. Comeback player of the year so far for me. So we'll see how that goes. Also, not other comeback player of the year candidate, Christian McCaffrey. We talked about before the season started, though. He might get moved. He might not to throw some rant thing in here. And they're saying like Buffalo could be an option, like. That's what's the one thing Buffalo needs? Again, I'm not loving them paying all that salary, but it's like, what's the one thing Buffalo needs? A run game. But like, is Christian McCaffrey the right? Is he worth spending all that money and giving up a bunch of picks? I don't know. You have to you have to, you have to debate that, but I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting at the very depends what the price is, probably. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there real quick, but let's keep it rolling. The trend for today. Uh, how about those Jets? How about the Jets, dude? They are three and two. You know who the Jets beat on Sunday? Who? Who? The Dolphins. You know, who do you think is the best team in football, Casey? Who do I think is the best team in football right now? Yeah. Probably the Bills or who yeah, Bills the or the Chiefs. 
Who's the one team the Bills have lost to? That would be the Miami Dolphins. And the Jets just beat the Dolphins. Therefore, the Jets are probably the best team in the league, you know? I don't think I can argue with that logic. That's just that just makes sense. Okay, so obviously being fascist. That just fascist, makes sense. I don't think this Jets team is that great. But we did predict this in the offseason that said this Jets team is going to have weeks where they're going to look really good and their young core is going to play really well. Yeah. Now I think they're going to exceed our expectations a little bit. This could be an eight-win team. Yeah. But nice start for the Jets. Best start in who knows how long. Yeah, how first long? time they've been over 500 in October, I think in like – um, um, 10 years? No, no, it can't be that long. For at least five years. Mark Sanchez, when was that? That was a while ago, my guy. Yeah. That's the last time I really done the Jets, you know, really, though. like I think like 20 – well, they were pretty good with Ryan Fitzpatrick one year. I just yeah, don't they were okay with that. Yeah, you're right. 2015, maybe? Okay. So it's Todd Bowles as head coach. Yes, ah, there you go. Your buddy, your boy. Uh, your, your man. They were 10 and 6, didn't make the playoffs. I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. But uh, 3 and 2, they beat Miami. They dropped 40 points. The Jets dropped 40 points. And, you know, Miami's defense, you know, been a bunch of scrubs out there by any means. It's not an elite defense, but I don't think there's a bunch the of. Jets' scrubs. offense looks good. You see, you see Brees Hall. Okay. I am never, I'm going to say this on the record. I am never benching Brees Hall in fantasy again. I have been burned too many times. That man has earned a starting spot for the season for me. But you got, like, whenever they're all healthy, this Jets offense is young and talented. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, yeah. you got Garrett Wilson, you got Elijah yeah. Moore. Yeah. If Zach Wilson turns out to be decent, we said that at the start of the year, Tanner. It's a real dangerous offense for Comes years. down ago. to Zach Wilson and Robert, and Robert Saul, the head coach. Can you coach? Can can you play quarterback? That's what this team kind of comes down to because they do have pieces on both sides. And how about Sauce? How about, man, Sauce Gardner? Dude, an interception, forced to safety. Uh, I think he had like five tackles, I think he had this weekend. He played great this dude. He played great in – just showing you, like they got players on this team now, dude. The Jets are starting to turn it around. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs or they're going to win eight games. I don't think they're, I don't even know if they're going to win seven games. I think they might, but they're turning it around. It's a slow process. And, you know, at, at least if they stay healthy, like as a core, I think they win at least seven games. Yeah. And, and I think now it comes down to Zach Wilson. Can he limit the turnovers? Can he put up those big plays, elevate those? You know, doesn't even have to elevate those around him because he's got all the talent. Um, you know, he doesn't have to make his players better. He's got the talented players already. So can he manage his team? Can he limit the turnovers? That's what it comes down to. That's what it does. And can this young core continue to grow and get better as the season goes along? The Jets are kind of interesting, Tanner. Kind of interesting. For the at first the time in a least, while. They're fun yeah, to watch. They're fun. Their offense is at least fun to watch. I mean, Brees Hall had 197 total yards. So it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good too. But to wrap things up here, you know, only a couple minutes left here in the first half. But Seahawks, Broncos. I want to hit on that before we take a break. What a trade. Never, what a trade. I, 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 oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I had never seen a game on Thursday night between the Broncos and the Colts. Colts, yeah. That I laughed more at. It was just a hilariously bad game. And it was like, it just reminded me of watching Northwestern and Purdue. 
on a Saturday morning. That's that reminded cool. me of Northern uh, Northern. Uh, what's the team? I'm team Montana. Uh Northern Montana State or so. I, I, I'm already forgetting. I, again, I, <laughs> I came back. I'm already forgetting. Thank God I already am. But still, it reminds me of the games I saw up in Montana. Tana. That was you know that was sixty to zero. Okay, again, <laughs> that, maybe not to that point, but like just rough game. Just a rough game to watch. It was more like yeah. two of those teams on both sides of the ball, of the ball, though bad on both sides. And the Broncos paid two hundred and forty-five million dollars, right? For and Russell. not even though plus picks, players yeah, like plus, they gave up plus three first-round picks, right? And Drew Locke and no offense, no offense. Uh, yeah, they gave a nice tight end, some nice picks, so picks, players, a, a pretty much a billion dollars to a quarterback that has been bad this year. Bad. Quarterback good. that has been outperformed significantly by Geno Smith. Who leads the league in passer rating. The team he came from, his backup quarterback, is outperforming him significantly 100%. this year. Mm-hmm. So this seems like, like four more, five more touchdowns. Trade at this point for the Broncos. Doesn't look good. Like, like you gave up and all that. What, in, a six-year deal? Yeah, like a, at least five. I know it was at least five. So, and, and, and on top of his current deal, right? So it could be like a seven-year total. Yeah, six or seven years he's locked up. And you can get cut in the NFL. You know, they could cut yeah. it. But I, I don't know how much is guaranteed. I didn't, For a lot I didn't of money. much into it. Um, no, you just have to pay a boatload of it. So, like, you know, it's they're they're stuck. They're stuck in the Russell Wilson uh, era now in, in, in Denver and – what a difference, though. Like, like people, you know, I feel bad for Broncos fans because they were expecting the Russell Wilson of, you know, three years ago to, to come in there, of a couple of years ago to come in there. And, and if you watched last year, whenever we talked this offseason, I said, I was like, what if this is the Russell Wilson we saw after, after this injury last year? Yeah. Where he just didn't have it anymore. And that kind of seems like it does now. That's exactly what it seems like we're getting now. And it kind of seems like Seattle got out at the exact time and everyone was just bashing Seattle, right? Man, I cannot believe they're going to give up their Hall of Fame franchise quarterback. You know, how, how are they going with Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson, stuff like that? And now it's like, man, they pulled off the heist of the century <laughs> by getting rid of him and getting all that. You know, again, I don't look at that far because, you know, there are reports, excuses. You want to say he's injured, he torn something in his shoulder, but I still think he's throwing the ball downfield fine. He's still throwing it 60 plus 70 yards down the field at times and missing his receivers. Now, I don't know how that comes into accuracy so much, or maybe arm strength. He can't get it down the field. I get, but I've seen him haul it down, you know, so many times and the accuracy just hasn't been there. And that's not something that you're, you're injured and your accuracy gets worse. It's like, you know, your arm, you know, that comes down. I don't know, man. It's so, it's so weird from a guy we've seen be so good for you know for a while now, and now it's just like, dude, he's not good. This looks like a he's bad not even player. Like moving the same either, though. And his decision making, like you're, he's not like he's missing reads. Like there was a, you know, that's why what's his name was so ticked. Yeah, and fourth and one, you know, he doesn't even look his way, and it's like this dude's wide open in the end zone. So I don't think he has the right as a player, you know, so early to throw a tantrum like that. But he was wide open, and if he hits that, they win the game. 
They win the game. And he's cost them. He's cost them and their head coach and their coaching decisions, you know, timing-wise, game management has also cost them so far this season. So the new coach, not looking great. The new quarterback, not looking great. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I think Canner was probably more right than I was regarding the Broncos to start to start the, the season in the preseason. So that's it. And uh, Seattle, good for them. Go get a quarterback next year. And you have a perfect bridge quarterback right now in, in, in Geno Smith, it seems. For the first five weeks of the season, at least, it seems. Does Geno Smith kind of give you a little bit of early Ryan Tannehill vibes in, that, in Tennessee? Yeah, but Geno's not young. Here's Tannehill. Yeah, well, you said yeah, no, young Tannehill. I guess you could. No, say. I meant, like, no, I meant, I meant, like, I always said early, like oh, early. Tannehill okay. first started in Tennessee, and everybody was like, "Wait, I was pretty pretty sure this guy sucks." So you think it's like a, a rebirth almost of Geno Smith's career? It could be. We'll see. I don't think he's going to be, be a cool. franchise guy. It could be cool. Who's to doubt him? He's leading the league in QBR. I'm not going to doubt him. It's been a fun story so far. Good for Seattle. We said this a couple weeks ago. You know, it looks like they're a little bit better than we expect. They're putting up points, too. They are putting up mad points. Let's go ahead, though, and take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the upcoming week in the NFL with our picks of the week. Keep it locked on. Tanner File, Casey Foreman. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half of the show, let's transition now to next week's games and take a look at our picks of the week. And yes, my hot streak, my back-to-back three-in-one weeks came to an end. It was looking like I was going to be 4-0, and Tanner. On Thursday night, I took the under. That hit. On Saturday, Sunday morning, I had the Giants. Boy, did that hit. As, yeah, oh, that hit, bro. That hit. <laughs> that smacked. And then Sunday morning, I had the Giants as my underdog. They ended up winning, obviously. So I was 2-0 before I even woke up on Sunday. I was feeling really, really good. And then 0-2 happened in in the second half of my day, for the rest of my day. And the Bengals and the Ravens did not score over 48 points. And uh, what was my other one? Um, uh, Either way, it was wrong. I was wrong. And, oh, the Vikings. I had them seven and seven. No, minus seven. No much they won by seven. No, I had them seven and a half. I had them seven and a half. I'm sorry. So I lost that bit. So and I maybe maybe you know, a point away from that. So oh and two in the second half of my day. I am two and two in the past week. Tanner, you're on a mediocre streak yourself, a piping, you know, lukewarm room temperature me run right now. You're eight and eight. Yeah, eight and eight, two and two every single week this season. Crazy. Some would say I'm on just an impossible streak to beat 500. Now it's just, now it's just how long can you go to and I mean, I mean, you bet 500, you bet 500 in the majors. You're the best player of all time, you know? 100%. 100%. You get 50%, right? It's not so bad, my friend. So I am nine and seven, and you are eight and eight. So I am the current average team in the NFL, and you are two years ago's, two, three years ago's average team in the NFL. <laughs> I'm nine and seven. You're eight and eight. So we're both a Dallas I'm Jeff Cowboys. Fisher. That's good. There you Who's a habitual nine and seven. Oh, my, uh, Tony. Uh, Char- Chargers. Every Chargers team ever has been nine and seven. 
you could say that. Or you could say, um, why am I blanking on our old coach, the Cowboys old coach's name? Why am Jason I blanking? Yeah, why am I blanking on old Red? Jason Garrett, thank you so much. Jason Garrett is eight and eight as well. That's also who I think of. Eight and eight is also Jason Garrett. So you could also be that. But Chargers are probably nine, yeah, the nine and seven. Either way, let's get into it. Over, under, looking at the total points, looking to be scored in these games. Let's start with our over tenor. My uh, two, my two and two, eight and eight friend, you go ahead and start things off. We've talked about my love for low overs. It's it's no, it's a known thing now. The lowest over of the year. I don't know that for a fact, but Commanders versus Bears is thirty-eight points. I don't think either one of these defenses are good. I don't necessarily think the offenses are good either. No, but thirty-eight points is pretty low. 38 is 40 points and it not be a high scoring game. No, hundred percent. 40 points is not a high scoring game at all. It's an, I would say that's like a towards more towards an average game in the NFL is a 2020, you know, something like that. 40 points scored more around the average in the NFL average game. Not a great, not a bad game. 20 point score isn't bad. I took the same thing. I got the commanders and the bears on Thursday night. I took the under last Thursday. These Thursday night games have been boring. Um, so I'm taking the over, on it this week kind of the opposite effect you know under last week over this week they haven't been great um but i think this one kind of has the potential again it doesn't have to be great but this one you know score more than 18 points or however much was scored uh, last thursday it was like no it was like 12 to 12 to 9 so it was like 21 points or something like that but yeah this is gonna be a weird game could get some fumbles put them in good field position uh, some interceptions. Both, both rock, teams average like or something like that. You know, both teams average about 18 points a game too. So that kind of puts us at roughly where we're looking to be. Um, and, and these are because they played, you know, Washington's played Dallas and they played Philadelphia and they scored, you know, 10 points in those games. Didn't score a lot. As to where they play other teams, they're putting up 22, 25, you know, 29. So we've seen them. They're capable of putting up points when they're not playing an elite defense. As you noted, it's not an elite defense on either side of the ball. Not a great offense, but as we've seen so far this year, bad defensive teams, two of them going up against each other, have usually been high-scoring games so far this season. That's kind of the trend. Uh, so I got the same thing, man. 38 for Commanders and and uh, Bears? Yep. All right, so what about what about under? Who do you have? Okay, under. I didn't love. What do you know? I hated all the unders this week, per usual. I never like any of them, but I went with the Bucks and the Steelers. 43 and a half. Again, I don't like many of them this week, but the Steelers, I think, are going to struggle to score against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, and the Bucks haven't necessarily been known to put up a bunch of points so far this year. I think they're averaging about 20 points per game, 21, 22, uh, right around the average mark, middle pack of the NFL, middle to bottom. Um, it, you know, we saw them put them up 31 against the Chiefs, so we know they can, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're going to get to 43 basically all on their own. Seems kind of high, under 43 and a half for the Bucks and the Steelers. I decided to go Broncos Chargers. Okay. Monday night? Yeah. Monday night. uh, Most of the primetime games have been unders so far this year. They have. The Broncos have played in a bunch of really boring games. I expect this to be another pretty boring game. The Chargers, a little bit banged up, especially on offense. Keenan Allen can finally get back on the field. Keenan Allen might not still play. 
Just 46 points seems like a lot for two teams that I can't really trust right now. Trust Chargers a little bit, but this Broncos offense. Nine points. I don't know how much they're going to pitch in. How many points are they going to score is the thing, right? So, yeah, I like that one as well. I was debating that myself. Hmm. So that's our overs and our unders. Favorite and underdog. The next things to take a look at here. So favorite. I'm taking a look at the 49ers. Minus five and a half against the Falcons. The Niners defense is arguably the best in the league. It's a top three defense, no matter what you want to say. It's a top three defense, and they lead, they lead the league in sacks. I think the Falcons uh, should struggle. Niners are clearly clearly the better team. Five and a half seems a little low. I think they win by a touchdown at least, so minus five and a half for the Niners this weekend is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I kind of think the Niners might be the best team in the NFC. They're really good. Their I defense, think they are, honestly. I think their they defense, are. I think their defense might be the best in the NFL, and their offense is just – But they're the so, least dynamic at quarterback when you're looking at all the other contenders. You are absolutely correct. They're the least is, dynamic. So that's the is, only thing that scares me about that team. This is a quarterback-driven league, so that makes sense. But for my favorite, I went Packers minus seven against the Jets. I'm pretty positive. It's in yeah, it's in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. It's getting chilly Jet, in Green Bay. It's getting this chilly. Jet, this Jets team coming off a big win against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Huge win. They're say. riding high. Yeah, they are. Feeling the Packers good. need Keeping to win. Seats. The Packers need to win. This seems like the ultimate get right game for both the Jets and the Packers to regress to their norm. I think the Packers went by two scores at least in this game. So, so seven though. Yeah, so minus, minus seven. seven. Okay. I I ran that to the bank. I think that's my that might be my lock of the week. Okay, that's Sanders' lock. I, on the other hand, I don't love this Packer team, and I'm not saying I think they're going to win this week. Seven though, I think they win by a touchdown at least, but. Is there, if there's one team I'm not gonna for sure say is gonna win by seven this weekend for me, one of them is the Green Bay Packers because I'm not sold on them. But they're at home against the Jets. They should win this, if like you Jets, said. If the Jets win, I'm gonna be really impressed with the Jets. Oh my gosh! If the Jets win, that's the like the biggest win I remember in general. Like oh my gosh, the Jets beat the Packers. Like I couldn't remember. Maybe last year when the Jags beat the Bills, it's kind of maybe like that. But like this is. Like that, that's almost different. Like that's, that's that's just like a one game scenario. This is like wow, the Jets just beat. We'll see what's gonna happen. That's very unlikely, and I think Packers should definitely win by a touchdown this weekend. A underdog this weekend for me. I am looking at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not favored at home. I know they're playing the Buffalo Bills, who I think is gonna you know are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. I'm super high on Buffalo. And, but at the same time, Tanner, I don't think I've seen enough to say that the Bills should be two-and-a-half-point favorites in Arrowhead this weekend. I would think, despite everything I've seen, I've seen you know great things from both teams. I give the Chiefs – I would put the Chiefs at plus one. Or, sorry, minus one. Minus one. I put the Chiefs at minus one. I think they should be favored by a point at home. The fact that they're underdogs by two-and-a-half, that's my run into the bank. I think, I think they're undefeated against the spread – um, every time that Patrick Mahomes has been, you know, an underdog in a matchup, I think they're winning this one. I think they're winning this one. Or, or at the very least, at the very least, I think they cover two and a half. I do. I think it's going to be a one to two point game. 
both these teams have a conversation to be had as being the best team in the NFL. 100%. I think these probably are the two best teams. Those are the two best teams. That's one and two. I don't know where I would rank them right now. I think they're honestly 1A and 1B right now. I think they're both. This game is kind of going to be a big deciding factor. Yeah, like I could not be more excited for a game. It's terrible that it's yeah. not Sunday night. Yeah, it should but. be Sunday night. I agree. Even though my Cowboys have Sunday night football, it would be cool to see Bills and Chiefs. But Rematch of one of the best playoff games we've seen last year. Phenomenal yeah. game. I think it, we could get a little bit more of the same. With I hope. I hope. Hope it's a high scorer in and we see a, whoever has the last whoever has the ball last wins. Exactly. I think the Bills win though. So I don't so you like plus two and a half. I do. Because this just you like that like, minus two and a half. I it seems like say, a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems like a win that Buffalo's going to have. Where really? last year they also beat the Chiefs in the regular season, but it's a different it's a different game. When I, know. I just kind of feel like this Kansas City, what I've seen from them, I've, I've still seen some sloppy play at times from Buffalo. You know, we've, we've seen that. I think Kansas City has looked better. I think I honestly kind of think it pains me to say it, but from the beat, you know, not for my feelings to come into play. I think Kansas City looks better so far, too. That's why I think for them not to be favored at home by even a point, I got to take Patrick Mahomes as an underdog at home. How can I not take that? How can I not? They've looked great. They looked great so, this year. So, so for my underdog, yeah, what you I looking at? Panthers plus ten and a half against the Rams, and people are saying, but Tanner, big line, big Tanner, line. the Panthers just fired their head coach. But Tanner, Matt Rule just got fired. Baker is Mayfield that, is, is their quarterback. Is, he is no PJ Walker is going to be their quarterback because oh, Baker yeah, I mean, Mayfield. Oh, facts. He's hurt. He's You're right. He's hurt. P.J. Walker will be starting under center. So, yes, every single part of me thinks this Rams team is better than this Panthers team. Every we're 10 pretty points much, last week. Pretty much every part of me thinks this Rams team is going to beat the Panthers this week. Yeah. But these Panthers players, they know a house cleaning's coming. They know fairly new ownership, bringing in a new coach. There won't be that coach's guys. These guys are playing for their next NFL contract. They are back too. They are professionals. They're not going to get beat by 10 and a half. I like the Panthers plus 10 and a half against the Rams. Like I said, the Rams scored 10 points last week. For them to be 10-point favorites this week, I think is a little odd. Though it does kind of say, hey, the Panthers are not a very good football team. The Rams are not a great team, but they're not a terrible team. So I see the both sides of it. But, yeah, 10.5 is a big line, and I do not blame you at all for taking plus 10.5. For a team to pretend to be favored by two, you know, two scores, it's pretty big. And both defenses are good here. Both defenses are good. Neither offense has Talented. been great. Talented. Okay. Good. You're right. Maybe you're right. Not. Cooper, Cooper Rush just led the Cowboys. Okay, I don't want to say Cooper Rush led them because he completed eight passes. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and Kellen Moore, who actually got out of bed. all the passes he had to. Who actually got out of bed. Oh, Cooper Rush is doing a f- – I hate the fact that, you know, people have made it a controversy. Now I can't brag on Cooper Rush. 
How about Cooper Rush? How about that dude? Okay, he is undefeated as a starter. I have to go off, but like he does deserve a lot of credit. Like, good for him to come in there. It's so hard to win in the NFL, and he has beaten some good teams. Um, so good for him, but he has not been the leading factor. Let's get that out of the way. I like I went on a rant last week. I don't have to say this again. I don't, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. So, game of the week now is the only thing. Now, draft draft this segment up. Game of the week. It's obvious. If Bill's it's the Chiefs. number one and number two team for me right now, it's got to be the game of the week. It's Bill's Chiefs. I think me it's the too. best game of the year so far. I hope it's the best game of the year. I hope it is so far. I'm trying to think about what has been the best game of the year now. Yeah, I mean, to watch best game of the year. What's Ooh. been a super big shootout? I know the Lions week one had a shootout with the Eagles. That was fun. <laughs> that was kind of fun, but I didn't think that was a game of the year. Uh the- the Chiefs and the Raiders just had a decent one, but I don't know if I'd yeah. say that's the game of the year. Yeah, because a lot of the standalone games haven't been great, but a lot of the games yeah. on Sunday have been really good. Mm-hmm. Like the Dolphins come back against the Ravens mm-hmm. was pretty cool. That was a high scoring game. Yeah, that was fun actually. And that 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 the, might the, be the Chargers Browns game was entertaining. I thought this week. Yeah, that went entertaining. So there really isn't one so far. There this really isn't it. one. This could be it. I hope it is. That's the game of the week. And Eagles-Cowboys is number two. If Dak Prescott was playing, I think they make a run for their money here. Um, but it's Bills-Chiefs. Yeah, it's it, it's got to be them. Those two teams facing off. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. And like I said, I'm taking the Chiefs plus two and a half. The Bills could very well win this game. But I just think, is it not a little disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City to be underdogs at last, home? When was the last time they were home underdogs? I saw that. I forget. I forget. They. I know they are seven zero and one seven zero and one. So the one time they they you know they were they didn't necessarily beat the spread, but they haven't lost uh, against the spread when Patrick Mahomes has been the underdog. So he's rarely he's rarely not favored in the games he plays in. Right. It's it's as very rare sh- as he shouldn't be. No. Right. He should. But he's it's very rare that he's not favored to win, let alone at home. So. I think it's Patrick Mahomes are home underdogs versus Bills for first time ever. First time ever, really? I thought really he's never been a home underdog before. Even when they, I guess they are favored to beat the Patriots in the in the playoffs when they hosted them. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's what it looks like. Okay. I don't know so, that for a fact, but no, I know that's what it looks like though. Time. Yeah, that's what it looks like though. Okay, this is gonna be a big one. This is a big one, and I think that again. I think the Bills or the Chiefs have been the better team so far. It's a 1A, 1B situation because both teams, the, the Bills just stomped the Steelers, a professional football team. It wasn't even close. It's like 38 to 3. You know, like yeah, it, was, it looks like Ohio State playing. And how many accurate. times have we said that about the Bills this year? How many times have we said that about the Bills this year? Just beating up on their opponent. Like week one. Wasn't even glad close. Wasn't even close, and they didn't even play. You know, they were sloppy. They beat the crap out of the Super Titans Bowl champs. Titans game, like we keep saying this. That's, that's that's the Bills' case. Like they just keep beating the crap out of teams, and they're winning games. Josh Allen's putting up numbers. Their defense is the best in the league, arguably top three. Yeah, uh, underdogs yeah. at home. I don't like it. I'm taking the Chiefs plus two and a half, and that's definitely the game. Of the week, I say though that's about it for the NFL. Okay, that's about it for football. Let's transition and talk about my favorite league 
in sports. NFL's close, but I got to give it to the NBA. Season starts a week from today as we record this. If you're listening to this a week, less than a week away, I should say we are from the start of the NBA season. And to preview the season, we are going to rank the 10 best players and teams. We already did players. Players was last week, obviously. So we're going to do the players and the teams this week. Uh, who are the best 10 teams in the NBA heading into the season? Okay, Tanner, let's start things off with you, my friend. Okay, top 10 teams in the NBA heading into the season. Who's at number one for you? It should be obvious, but you go ahead. Is it obvious? Is there... It's very. It's very. You see, you see what's I, I think there's. I think there's a team that just won the NBA championship that has one of the best scorers of all time and two other veterans – even if one of them is punching one of the young guys, they don't have, love they have, they have a great, they have a great young core. Phenomenal. They have a great coach. Great coach. I mean, it's the Warriors. If, if they stay healthy, they're for sure the team to beat. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really that close in the NBA, not just the West. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree too. Obviously Golden State's got to be number one on this list of the reigning champs. You said it all again. If your goal was to, you know, get me going here, you succeeded saying all those things. Oh, my gosh. Young core, great coach, great score, all-time point guard. They got, you know, they have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, who, uh, again, the punching situation we do not love. That who is Draymond – that's who Draymond Green is. You know, stuff like that happens all the time. He's like, okay, you know, of course, this practice gets leaked. None of our other stuff does. Of course, this one does, of course. But – he was in the wrong. Of course, Draymond was in the wrong. He's trying to make it up to the team. Hopefully, he can. And let me say one thing. Nothing makes a team feel better or makes you know, people come together than winning. Nothing's more, nothing better than winning. Okay, if they can get out there and start winning games, I think they have a short memory, and, and they move this thing along. Uh, but they're the champs. Top two defense last year. They did lose some pieces. Gary Payton, I miss, I'm already so upset we lost Gary Payton and Otto Porter Jr. I'm not going to act like I'm not going to miss them this year. I am because I really enjoyed watching them play. They were a great addition to the team last Those year. Those are your X Factors. Those, Those are both my, X Factors. They are my finals X Factors. Okay, not my only two, but two of my final X Factors. Exactly. And Tanner. Uh, those pro- proven to be, those are proven to be exactly 100% true. Uh, neither here nor there. Lost, they lost them. They're gone. Who they are gone. But Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, all going to have larger roles this year. They added your guy, DiVincenzo, Dante DiVincenzo, who's going to be a nice addition. They already saying he's fitting in right away, can handle the ball. So it's another guy who can run the offense somewhat sometimes, get him going in transition. So he's been a nice addition. Plays defense. So another guy who's going to play defense for you. And then Jamichael Green. Who's a veteran? He's not going to play every single game, you know, 30 nights and, you know, 25 minutes a night, but another rotational piece who can stretch the floor, play some defense, you know, a, a veteran, a smart guy who can throw out there on the floor. So I like the Jamichael uh, Green move. Golden State's the favorite. They're the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, if everyone, I did mine on if I think every single person on this team. It's going to be healthy. I hate yeah, trying to yeah. predict injuries. No, we're not so going to predict injuries. So if that's the case, I think Golden State is the clear number one. What yeah. about number two? Who do you have? 
I have to go with the team that went six games with the champs in the NBA finals, the number one defense from last year. They have a top 10 player on their team and they just added a guy who averaged 19 points, five rebounds and five assists per game who plays defense. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon added Malcolm Brogdon to their team. I don't think that's getting talked about enough. That is later in the year in the playoffs, you're going to hear man, Malcolm Brogdon, has been huge. I'm saying right now, Malcolm Brogdon is going to be huge for the Celtics teams this year, uh, unless it's a big disappointment. But I think he's going to be huge. And adding that to a champ for, to a finals team, they're the second best team in my eyes, Tanner. They got to be for me. They got a little bit of controversy coming into the year. They do, but I so much talent on that team. I don't think it matters. I think you plug a guy in there, and that team goes out there and plays. He knows the system. They're going to be running the same game plan. That's what I think. That's what I think. Okay. Who do you yeah, got? So did, who you so got? Did not, I did not have the Celtics at two. I think I, I went know. Milwaukee, I yeah. went Milwaukee at two. <laughs> yeah. Because I think in a world where Giannis is healthy, Middleton is healthy, Holiday is healthy, I think they're the second best team. I think they're the best team in the East. I think we would beat the Celtics in that case, especially if they don't have Udoka. I think he – Addie Brogdon. They're a deeper team. Kind of. At a 20-point score. Who shares yeah, the ball no, and plays defense. No, they're great. Yeah. Like it's tough, man. It's tough. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. My number to... three, my number three team is the Boston Celtics. I was very close between these two teams. It's just who has the best player between those two teams. For me, that's clearly Giannis. So that's and now you guys might have, a, you might have a coaching edge. I don't want to give that much credit mm-hmm. to uh, what's his name? Budenholzer? Uh, you Budenholzer. mean NBA champion Mike Budenholzer? I don't want to give him that much credit, but he is a championship. You know, he won a championship and uh, going going up against a guy who was the youngest coach in the NBA. They're going to have the youngest coach in the NBA this season. He's going to be he's in his thirties, and uh, I give them the edge coaching wise a little bit too. We'll see if this guy could be a, you know, boy genius, the guy coming in. He's, he, you know, Brad Stevens was super young. Obviously, you know, Sean McVay, you know, people can come in and be young and succeed. Um, he, you know, he said time in the G league, but uh, I give them best player advantage and coaching. But again, I'm still putting the Celtics. I just kind of, I'm still putting the Celtics above. I think their defense is better too. Um, but we'll get to your bucks for me in just a moment. You got Milwaukee at two. I got Boston at number three. And you know, you have Boston at three as well. Then I got the Clippers at three. Okay. I got the LA Clippers at three. We're talking, we're talking health. That's the only thing stopping this team sometimes is health. Um, 42 games. They won last year without Kawhi Leonard, mostly without Paul George, Robert Covington. Now on the team, they acquired him at the trading deadline, Rodney hood on the team, John wall now on the team. And again, this team won 42 games last year and they're adding all those players to the roster. They had a great coach best. What if, I said this, you know, months ago when they got John wall, the best, what if team in basketball, Watch out for the Clippers if they stay healthy. I think they're the third best team in basketball if they're hell if they're out there. All those guys are healthy. Watch out for the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers are my fourth team. So, in a world where Kawhi Leonard is healthy and Paul George is healthy and John yeah. Wall somehow is healthy, been a while since then. This happened. team could be this team could be the best team in the West if that's the case. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. No, I don't foresee that happening. 
100%. And I see more as like, I I see more as all these guys miss a little bit of time at some point. Mm -hmm. This team could be, man, this team is such a wide range. This team could be the best team in the West. This team could be the eighth best team in the West. They could be a playing team because their guys were load managing all season. But I still think it's a top. I think they're going to be a top five seed, top four seed in the West comfortably. I'm putting them at top four right now. I haven't really dove into that quite yet. Their schedule and stuff. But next week, uh, yeah, next week. That's next week's show. Exactly that. I'm going to do my due diligence over this next week. But I got the Clippers at number three. Clippers at three. You got them at four, right? You got them at four. And then I got your Milwaukee Bucks at four. Okay, so we have so we have the same top four. Same four teams, and I think it's yeah, those are the four best teams in basketball. I think, and then at five. It's up, it's up to some interpretation after five, I believe. But those are the four best teams. When healthy, like you said, they can win the Eastern Conference. They can 100% win the Eastern Conference. They have the best player in the world, a top-five team. And uh, I just wish they were a little bit deeper because every other team I've mentioned so far is. They are deeper than the Milwaukee Bucks, 100%. So yeah, I would agree. It's like, you know, you're going down to you know, Wesley Matthews. You might even start some nights. You're going to George Hill, who I, who – I'm like, okay, George Hill's still playing. <laughs> Not to hate that much on your team, but the depth isn't a hundred percent there. No, and you're that absolutely right. Is uh, not like they have no bench. Not like they have nobody coming. They do. They do. Hundred percent. They got some guys like Grayson Allen or Bobby Porter supply come off the bench or whoever. Bobby Porter is probably our fourth best player. Him or Brook Lopez. Yeah, and one of them are probably going to come off the bench. So. Yeah. Exactly. If not, not both, but one of them will come off the bench. So they're a top five team. They're at four for me. Who's at five for you? I went the 76ers at okay. five. Okay. I think in a world where Joel and B could play all 82 games, I think he's the MVP. I just don't know if that's in Joel and B's cards. And they still have a guy who's won scoring titles. James MVP. Yeah, an MVP. Yeah. yeah. So you pair that. Who's looks like he's in better shape? You pair that with the yeah. with the Joel Embiid health again. Health. Yeah, that's that's the thing about basketball. That's the thing about all these top teams. Depends so much on if their stars are healthy. If their stars are healthy, they're just as good as anybody in the Eastern Conference. Hundred percent. They all are very almost on a level playing field. If they're all healthy, and they added Montrez Harrell, they added PJ Tucker. I think Tyrese Maxey has gotten better every year he's been. Yeah, for sure. He might be an all-star this year. Tyrese Maxey could be an all-star this year. He's better. Like, seriously. So they could have, like, three all-stars on their team. Tobias Harris is an all-star caliber player. Like, okay, you know, borderline all-star. You know, not quite there, but he's a very good player. That's a good team, man. That's a very good team. They're in the sixth man of the year. They're in P.J. Tucker. You know how valuable P.J. Tucker is. Harden and Embiid's health is the number one factor. That's it. If those two guys are healthy, I could pick this team to win the East, to win the NBA Finals, because who can guard Joel Embiid? And if Harden is hitting and if he's playing his best game, that's a lethal combination. Like we saw those first, those first like five games, it, you know, if they could be that, like, holy crap, who can stop that? So it's tough. Their ceiling is number one. But you got to level them out and put them right there at number five because of all the negatives that come along. So that's five. We both have the same five teams, actually. Who's at six then? I think this is probably when we have a little bit of a switch up. I went the Nets at six. Kevin Durant, still one of the top players in the world. Top 10 player. 
Kyrie Irving, very good point guard. Top three, four Scorer. point guard. Yeah, top scorer when he's out there. Dude can put up 30 points a game when he's out there. Yeah, like, probably off the top of my head, third best point guard in the league. He's a top five guy for me. Top five. And Ben Simmons is a great defender yes. and, a good, and a good passer. Can he shoot? No. Does he have offensive game? No. But if you're on a team with two incredible scorers in all-time scorers, Kevin Durant, do you need to be that good? No. Or can you just play defense and pass to the really good guys? Draymond Green averages eight points a game. Yeah, he could play like a a Draymond Green type role. Defense, pass, get the offense going, and transition, dunk the ball, get a layup. Every now and then, beat a man one-on-one and score at the basket. Maybe knock down the occasional jumper. I don't know if that's too much for him. Draymond does that. I don't know if he does. We want to talk about teams that we need to see be healthy. I need to see this team not be dysfunctional for me to justify. It's not even healthy. It's both. For me to justify putting them this high. Like This is the most toxic team in the – NBA by far in recent memory. It's like, dude, when has a team in recent memory had like divas like this as their two top best three players? Guys are, they're top three guys. Hey, they're top three. You're right. Top three. Oh my gosh. Are divas, man. They're a little out there personality wise. They're not, you know, they're not what you always want personality wise, you know, leadership wise as your franchise player. And you have, those are your three best guys. And none of them are really leaders. Right, none of them are really leaders. So they they oh. need they need another guy to come in and kind of lead this team. And their head coach, I'm sorry, I don't think he's deserving to be a head coach in this league. And again, I could be wrong. At least at this point in age, he is not a very good head coach. He is not a very good head coach. He has never done a thing. Me watching the Nets, and I watched him a lot last year, saying, "Wow, Steve Nash, like that is a Steve Nash. He's putting his his imprint on this game, and and never once." And a guy like again, I'm not compare, comparing to Steve Kerr. But it's just like, man, what an adjustment in the second half. Like, you just don't see that stuff from Steve Nash. Not yet. Not yet you haven't. So if I'm ever going to believe in this Nets team, I need to see them come out beginning of the year, all three of those guys, all three of those guys on the floor playing well. I think. It's going to take some time, though. But it's hard for me to picture it. They're going to be a fun team come contender, pretender time. That's going to be a fun one to break down. Looking forward to see what they do this year. But you have the Nets at six. I have the Memphis Grizzlies at six. Okay, I have to go in and, you know, giving some credit to smaller market teams. People can't forget about this team. And, again, I have them on my memory because this was, in my opinion, this was the toughest team the Warriors played in the playoffs. In my opinion, this was the toughest series for them. And, and – Again, I think the Boston Celtics are a better ja team. Ja. The Celtics are a better team. Don't get me wrong. But but Ja's Ja, exactly. They got shooters all over the court. They got, you know, the guys who can knock down shots pretty much everywhere. Ja is the most exciting player in the league. You can't guard him on the perimeter. You can't guard him. He's going to go right by you every single time he is. He's going to get to the basket. He led the league in points in the paint last year with 16 points in the paint per game. Okay. Nuts. This guy's like six foot one, six foot two, and he's yeah. leading, the, he's leading the league. Not that many. He's leading the league in points per game. It's, it's absolutely crazy. So they got talent everywhere. They keep getting older and older. Last year, 
was kind of the experience they needed that they were lacking in the playoffs. They go in the second round and they push a championship team to six games. And, and they had me nervous sometimes. They're saying, man, this Memphis Grizzly team is legit. And this, this series could go seven games. You know, the Warriors were kind of lucky at times to win some of those games. They really were. It was like, wow, I cannot believe they scraped by and won that matchup. That, that just kind of proves they're a championship team. And no matter what, they're going to find a way to win. No discredit to the Grizzlies there, but it's like, it's a credit to them. It's such a credit to them. And, and I think they're going to be, this could be the number one team in the Western Conference this year, as far as record-wise. I think they're going to get out there, and they want to be the number one seed. They, they know they got to prove it to people. So. They're also younger than, like, all of these contending teams in the Western they Conference. They got the legs, man. They got the, the legs. odds that they're going to play 82 games are just so much higher. Maybe not Ja, per se, because of his, you know, explosiveness. And he did miss games last year, miss games his rookie year at times. But, like, yeah, they're a younger team. They got the legs. They're not going to get burnt out in the regular season like the older teams are. Grizzlies are a super good team. Watch out for the Grizzlies this year. They're they're legitimate. Um, so that's our six teams. You had the Nets. I had the Grizzlies. Who's number seven? I went the Heat. I still think okay. when the Heat, the, the Heat team we saw at the end of the season was pretty banged up. Yeah, it was. Not, yeah, not healthy. I think I it know. revealed some stuff that Bam Adebayo is not a number two option in this league. That's what it proved to me. That they need a real number two or even a real number one. Jimmy Butler might be a number one, is what I prove. I think Jimmy Butler out. can be a number one. I think so too. So he need a number two. I think Jimmy Butler is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I think it's a well-rounded team. Bench is deep. They're two yeah. through seven. They're very good. Two mm-hmm. through eight. They're very good. Paired with Jimmy Butler. Eric Spolstra. Yeah, yeah. Seasoned. Good coach. System is is like not flawless, they're, but you know, great system. You know, yeah, like, they're one of the most boring teams. They can be at 10. times. They in can be. Mm-hmm. I don't. They don't have a player on their team that makes me be like I have to turn Sometimes on the TV. Sometimes Tyler Hero can be fun. I to have watch, to turn but... on TV tonight to watch this guy play. No, but they're a good team. And almost every other team we've talked about kind of does have that player. Yeah, and my, you know, my, they kind of do. And the other so, teams that I have after them pretty much do. So, but they're they're deep, and it's the depth, and it's the system, and it's it's no, the yeah. owner, it's the coach, it's the star player. It's they're just me though. Consistent. It's just like Tyler Hero is not. I don't know. I, he's so inconsistent. He really is, and he got injured towards the end of last year. But either way, inconsistent and. I know he's six man of the year last year of a great six man. If he's willing to say it, that six man, that's a phenomenal person to have as your six man. But Bam is not a number two. Kyle Lowry is not the player he used to be. Gets injured a lot more also. So I have, I think, I think for me, I, it gave me some respect for Jimmy Butler at the end of last season, but it also kind of showed me, I don't know if this Heat team is as good as I thought they were. So that's my opinion on what we saw from last year. I had the Dallas Mavericks as my seventh best team. And when you're looking at, you know, past Luca and a couple of their guys, it's like, okay, this team, you know, has no, they shouldn't be around any of these other teams, but it's because yeah, of Luka two through seven, they might be one of the worst teams. Yeah. Like they're not that deep or they don't have, you know, they are somewhat deep, but they don't have like the star secondary player. They have like a bunch of guys who are like good role players, but not that next best guy. Um, and maybe they did. Maybe Christian Wood is that next best guy. They went and got Christian Wood this off season. I, I apparently he's going to come off the bench. He's not even going to so start. Down. 
and I could not believe that. That's the report. The reporting is that the plan is for Christian Wood to come off the bench, and that to me is absolutely ridiculous. You have a twenty-point scorer in his young twenties who can get you ten rebounds, spread the floor, knock down some shots, and a decent, you know, protector of the paint. On the roster, you have you're starting Maxi Kleber or Kleba or Davis Bertans or. Like, who are you starting over Christian Wood? That makes no sense to me. So I don't think that – I don't know how much legitimate, you know, that story was, but that's what's getting flowed out there right now is that he's going to come off the bench. But Luca took this team to the Western Conference Finals. They were in a, in a very good team yeah, defensively. Good. Yeah, Luca's a top three player, a top five player in this league. And, you know, last year defensively, they were good under Jason Kidd. He turned that defense around, and they were a top five defense last year. And – I don't think that's necessarily going anywhere. Luca continues to get better and better. They got a better player in Christian Wood. Tim Hardaway Jr. should be healthy. I think they're a top 10 team. A lot, a lot because of, of Luka Doncic, but the defense is there, and I, I got the Mavericks at seven. I'm going to say it. I got Dallas right there at number seven. Who's at eight? Who's at eight? For number eight, I went with the Grizzlies, who you mentioned earlier. All right, there we can't, go. Can't put, can't put them too far down. No. John Morant is absolutely special. In the, I love the core pieces around him. It seems like, like you said, the perfect game plan. Have Ja drive to the basket. If he doesn't get there, have him kick it out to one of your four shooters sitting they got on shooters, the shooters, man. Yeah, they got shooters. They play, they play aggressive defense. They're they're a fun team to watch. I, I I like the Grizzlies. They're fun to watch until you're playing against them. And then they are super frustrating, and you are hitting that team. So, again, because of how much I hated them during the playoffs, it's like, man, I think that's just – like I got to get you know form that into respect now, basically. So that's why I put them at number six. But uh, number eight for me, I went with the Denver Nuggets. A team, okay. a team that won 48 games last year. Without their second or third best player, they won 48 games. A lot of that's because of my guy, the MVP, Nikola Jokic. You, you know, I'm a big fan of. But they're getting Jamal Murray. They're getting Michael Porter Jr. back. I think this Denver Nugget team could be in the Western Conference Finals next year. I yeah. think they're that good. So, yeah, I mean, the Western Conference in the your top five, six teams. Five, I, think, four, I, yeah. think, I think any of them could come out. I think it's a. I think it's really top heavy in the West. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Think the, yeah, I don't, it I don't is. I don't that pick. I got the Nuggets at eight. Uh, who was your eight? Grizzlies. I went Grizzlies. Okay, so number nine, I went with the fraudulent Suns, the number okay. one seed in the Western Conference last year. I know this team won sixty four games last year. I have them. Up. I had them at the ninth best team. DeAndre Ayton does not want to be there. Okay, he does not want to be there, and and it lacks. This team lacks shooting. It does. When we saw it in, in last season, the reason the Dallas Mavericks beat the Phoenix Suns is because they outshot them from three. They shot a boatload of threes. They got on. They were insanely hot in Game Seven, and they beat the Phoenix Suns. That's like the biggest reason they won. Luka Doncic, obviously, but they got insanely hot from three in that series. And that's also why we saw them losing five games against the Warriors, because they said, you're going to live and die by that three. We're counting on you to die. Okay. Like the, like the Houston Rockets of old did. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but that's why this team didn't beat the Dallas Mavericks. They, lo- they lack three point shooting. DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be there. Bad relationship be- between him and his head coach. 
I don't think they're going to be a great team this year. Still a top 10 team, though, because of respect from last year. I put them on my list at nine. What do you think? I think that Suns team could have the record of maybe the ninth best team in the NBA. I'll never believe it. I don't buy the Suns, man. You know I never bought. You know, we we both were saying Golden State is the team to beat in the West. It's not Phoenix. And that's still the case. Phoenix is going to be worse this year, I think. So they're not in the top five, bottom half of the top 10. And they're going to have to prove it to me that they're remain, you know, deserve to remain in that top 10 because of what we saw at the end of last season. So who's your nine? Who's your nine? My number nine is the Mavericks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. Team that beat I, them. Yeah, I yeah, they beat them head to head. Luka Doncic, best Seven offensive games. player. I think he's probably the best offensive player in the NBA. It's so hard, dude, to judge that. And you, but he's and you, and you surround him, kind of similar to the job thing where you surround the best, one of the best driving players with shooters on the outside. Mm-hmm. You pair one of the best offensive players, if not the best offensive player in the NBA right now with defensive specialists. Pretty much Korean everywhere. D guys, basically, right? They're going to toss up threes and they're going to go play defense. That's who they surround him with. And it worked. Western Conference Finals, like that worked last year. But yeah, there's a ceiling, though. The there's a ceiling. Got to the Western Conference Finals with a severely under talented roster compared to what mm-hmm. they have. Yeah, I didn't know if they were going to beat Utah in round one. You know, they got out of that. So, yeah. So, I, so I had Mavericks at nine. At 10, I'm with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. I think, I think the addition of Donovan's, Donovan Mitchell yes. that – we have barely talked about on this show. We haven't had a chance to, man. Yeah. It happened right at the beginning of football season. That's huge. Isn't that like exactly what this team needed? I think so. They have the size. They have the defense. They have another young guard to pair him with. They have some depth. They had, you know, Kevin Love moved his role to six man and, you know, thir- you know, thrived. He had a great year last year being their six man. The team really had success with him in that role. So I love, 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 love the Donovan Mitchell trade. I did not see that coming at all. When I saw the Cleveland Cavaliers are trading for Donovan Mitchell, I was like, oh, like, wow, that came out of nowhere. But at the same time, wow, does it make sense? Like, this makes so much sense. He's a 25-point-per-game scorer, and he's playing with Darius Garland, an all-star, Jared Allen, an all-star last year. Uh, uh, Evan Mobley was probably going to be an all-star at one point in time. He almost led the league in blocks, was like top three in blocks last year. Could still shoot the ball, too. Lavert, Kevin Love, like – this is a deep team. Isaac Okoro is a very good young defensive player. Like, this is a very good team coaching-wise. You know, I was going for J.B. Bickerstaff for maybe even coach of the year last year. I was preaching, preaching, give this guy his respect. So they got the coaching. They got the team. They got another young star who can put up 25 points a game. The Cavs are now my number 10, too. I got the Cavs at 10. Like Okay. So what teams barely missed the cut for you? For me, Nuggets. Suns, maybe the Hawks. Hawks were a big one for me. I was thinking about the Hawks. I like the DeJounte Murray move. Um, I didn't put the Nets on mine, so the Nets were one I was really debating. I don't think, you know, with what we saw at the end of last year, they got swept by the team. Like I said, the Golden State Warriors beating six games, and it's like, man, they got swept by this team. And, And Kevin Durant had arguably his worst playoff series. In recent memory, it was his worst playoff series. So, like, what's changed that much? And I still don't love the coach. So I, mean, I if, 
If Ben Simmons plays, that's a, probably a different series. I I I think I, I still think the Celtics win. Me too. But they don't sweep them. No, I don't think they sweep them either. But I want to see it. I want to see all those players on the court together. I've been burned by this Nets team before. I was saying they were going to win the finals last year, so I'm a little cautious this year. A little cautious. I don't. I'm not even giving them the respect of my top ten because of how much they embarrass me. And and I picked them. You picked them to beat Boston. Yeah. I thought they were going to beat the Boston Celtics in round one. They got I'm excited swept. to hear who your preseason pick is this year. Oh, you can't wait. Just wait. Next just week. just wait. Next week. So we got next week we're going to do uh, preseason. So who we think is going to make the playoffs? Who we think is going to make the playoffs when it's all said and done? Uh, who's going to win the MVP, six men of the year, all that jazz, and then champions, right? Yep. Who's going to be the champions? So. Our full-on prediction is going to be next week. Uh, you know, just after opening night on Tuesday, on Wednesday, you're going to be able to hear us give our full predictions on the season. I can't not believe the NBA season is here. I cannot believe it. Seems like it just ended. It kind of did, uh, and it's a short summer for the Warriors, but, man, do we love a short summer. We'll take a short summer over a long summer any day. Any day, yeah, every like- year. Significantly better than the year they didn't get invited to the bubble. Oh, that super long summer was the worst. That's what I mean. Like that summer, I was like the longest NBA drought of my life. As far as like you know, I'm actually loving every single game I'm watching. I can't wait to watch the games. Which you know, the NBA bubble was nice, but no Golden State Warriors. I wasn't quite as thrilled as I usually am with them in the playoffs. So there we go. Big stuff coming next week. Those are our top ten teams going into the NBA season. Uh, roughly the same teams. You just did, so I had two two different teams basically. I think where was the difference? Yeah, you have the I had I had the Nets, and you had the Suns, and I had the Nuggets, and I had the Heat. Ah, you had the Heat. You had Miami. Okay, so you had Miami. So there, you Nets, Heat, and you had Nuggets, Suns. Okay, so there we are. So that's who we think of the ten best teams. Let us know who we you know which list you kind of gravitate to. We had the same top five, so that's kind of clear, like who the best. I said, we said four, but we had the same five, too. So I guess the same five teams, those five teams, it's pretty clear those are the best teams in the league. So go ahead. Uh, let us know where we were right, where we were wrong. Also, don't forget to check out, uh, you know, Picks of the Week, all that jazz, obviously. So go follow us on Twitter to check, you know, to check out the clips and, and all, all our recent up-to-date updates and uh, tweets and stuff like that so dudes talking underscore pod dudes underscore talking underscore sports on instagram leave us a comment review a rating on whatever platform you are listening on tanner big games this weekend big games this weekend for my cowboys bills chiefs it's gonna be a good time and college football it's a cancel your plan saturday really There's- there's like six or seven games that are top 25 versus top 25 matchups. It's a wow. great weekend of college football. Like best by, best of the year by far. Okay, so check out Saturday is going to be a fun day. Sunday yeah. is going to be Tennessee, Alabama is probably the game of the day. For Saturday? That's yeah. Saturday? Okay. Number three versus number six in Tennessee. Okay. Okay, There you heard it there from the guru, college football guru himself, Tanner File. Uh, check that out this Saturday. Uh, man, I can't wait for the NBA to come back. Getting closer and closer every day. Thank you all for your continued support. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. All right. 
right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File. That's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.